0: Welcome to the Healthy at Cerner podcast. I'm Carrie Skelton, registered dietitian in the Healthy Clinic, here with another healthy clinic dietitian, Cody Watson. And today we're going to talk about how to navigate eating out. We're also going to jump into the traveling associate. So we're going to cover both of those topics pretty in depth to hopefully give you some great pointers that you can focus on. As you venture out into the Kansas City area or Malvern area or wherever you might be located as a Cerner Associate, some tips on healthy eating out at restaurants, and then also some awesome tips on eating on the road. We often hear that eating out is something that people really feel derails their healthy eating path. so we can talk through some strategies that we often hear as dietitians and find ourselves to be helpful. So, Cody, when you venture out to a restaurant, what kind of things do you pay attention to?
1: So, I am a huge fan of kind of the, my plate or the Harvard Healthy plate. So, you know, I use a lot of substitutions. So, I certainly am going to get what I like and I, what I want to eat. But if it comes with, I don't know fries or I go out for breakfast a lot that's kind of my preferred nice um, you know I, I'm just not as good at making omelets as I am at making other things so that's that's what we go out a lot for fried potatoes don't do anything for me so I substitute those for a bowl of fruit or I might get a side salad to go with my pizza or whatever we're going out for. So, you know, I try to get at least a fruit or a veggie with, you know, whatever the entree is. And then, you know, I just really listen to my hunger cues. And I, I know that restaurants are going to give me at least double what I should be eating. Right. So I just kind of stop when I'm satisfied and I'll take leftovers home. You know, okay. i paying to have a, someone else make me dinner. I'm not paying to eat as many calories as I possibly can consume.
0: Okay, that's so. awesome. So one of the things that I hear in the clinic a lot as a dietitian working with our associates who have clients that they bring into town is that we're taking them out for nice dinner meals and you don't want to play the role of necessarily being like, how the, food you, like the food police yeah. or something like that. But we do work at Cerner and so we hope to portray and encourage our associates to portray a a healthy eating message or a healthy lifestyle message is what we like to promote as dietitians. And one of my favorite places to go out and eat is a steakhouse. I really enjoy a nice steak. And so what I lean towards or encourage my associates to lean towards is... If you get a nice steak, go ahead and cut that steak in half and don't feel like you have to eat the whole thing. And then order a nice, whatever their vegetable of the day is, the vegetable and then the baked potato. And then you get the condiments on the side. So the sour cream and the butter and all that can just be on the side and then you can add accordingly to taste what you'd like on that potato. It's a great tip. And sometimes if you don't want a steak and you want to just do a baked potato, baked potatoes are often served or offered at steak houses. And you can load that up with black beans. I've seen the black bean salsa that they have at steakhouses and then all their steamed vegetables. So that's a meal in itself. Barbecue chicken on
1: a baked potato is really good. A little broccoli, a little barbecue shredded chicken mashed up in your baked potato. That sounds really good. Pretty yummy. Right. Or turkey bacon is really yummy in it. Yes. So you can kind of get... And also, I find at steakhouses, you can order a 5-ounce steak. So, you know, if a plate comes with a 12-ouncer, you can substitute for the 5-ounce if you don't want to deal with cutting
0: it in half. Right, right. And so a lot of restaurants, I feel, are becoming more nutrition savvy and offering the nutritionals for what they're offering on their menu so you can know ahead of time and plan ahead of time of what you're going to consume. Especially if it's a place that you frequent often in the area where you work, you pretty much know their menu, Mm -hmm. and you can also ask for adjustments to what you're eating from that menu. Oh,
1: yeah. I substitute almost everywhere I go. It's probably annoying, but I can So, give an example of that. What's something... So, my favorite, like, breakfast, lunch, diner, they have this great omelet that has avocados in it and salsa and cheese and tomatoes, and it comes with fried potatoes and toast. Like, I don't need fried potatoes and toast right so i get a fruit cup with it and i got a cinnamon roll to share with the, <laughs> with the rest of the table so i get what i want but i do it in kind of a more balanced way oh that's awesome and, and skip the things that you just don't care that much about but if fried potatoes are the thing you love mm-hmm. you know by all means enjoy it but stopping when you're
0: satisfied is right the key That's awesome. So what we also want to bring forward is some tips on controlling your intake when you do eat out. And a helpful tip that I've recommended for a long time is to ask for a to-go box right away when you get your meal, because that can help you not feel like you have to finish your whole plate when you're eating out because it's tempting because it might be really, really good. And you might want to eat all 1600 calories that are served in front of you, which is way too much. So we encourage you to ask for that to-go box right away when you come into the restaurant or have your meal served to you. Ask for a to-go box. Go ahead and put half of it away and then you can have that for dinner or lunch the next day or even breakfast the next day. It's okay to have dinner meal for breakfast. That's
1: that's fine. I have a lot of members who will share a meal with someone. As opposed to getting the to-go box so they don't like leftovers, they'll just, them and their spouse or whoever they're with, they'll split it Mm -hmm. and ask for a second plate and then just cut it in half and then They control the portion that way. Awesome. So that's another way to go about it. And some places will let you order off the kids' menu, and those portions are smaller. Or they'll have, like, a light fare menu or small plate or something, and that's a route I've seen a lot of people take, too.
0: Okay so when we go out to eat and restaurants we encourage you to think about your macronutrients so really focus in on carbohydrates protein and fat and making sure that that plate that you're selecting or choosing from is balanced so with examples that we talked about earlier and what Cody and I like to eat when we like she mentioned breakfast and I mentioned a dinner place for a steakhouse so macronutrients just a refresher on that so your protein would be your meat or your bean and then your carbohydrates would be your potato. And then your non-starchy vegetable would also be a carbohydrate. And that would be like your broccoli. You're always going to get some fat from your meats. And so there's going to be some fat in there. And then there will probably be some oil, most likely that your vegetables are cooked in. And then there's going to be some fat in that butter that yeah. might be on that potato.
1: One thing that people tell me is, you know, I would get the salad, but the cal- there's so many more calories than there are in the burger. So I just got the burger. Well, most of that comes from the fat in the dressing on, and the toppings on the salad. You know, Another good tip is to kind of get the dressing on the side or the con- any condiments on the side, mm-hmm. so you can like, dip your fork, and you'll use a third of what they
0: would drown your salad in probably. Right. And the types of fat are going to be completely different in your dressings. A lot of you might know that, but just a refresher on that, your oil and your vinegar is going to be your healthier dressing option. You do need to pay attention to sodium content because the salt in there and the sugar could be a little bit higher. But then the fat though that's in your creamier dressings is that saturated fat. And that's the fat we want to typically cut back on a little bit more of. It's okay if you're probably doing the fork method like Cody mentioned. That's fine with those creamier dressings, but to- to douse your salad in a fourth of a cup to a half a cup of blue cheese dressing is probably not the most hard, healthy decision to make. (laughs) I think it's
1: important, too, to to note that one unhealthy meal doesn't derail your whole week. So if you're eating extremely nutrient-dense foods all week long you don't have any treats, maybe a salad doused in blue cheese can fit. And there's no guilt about that. You just go back to your healthy eating. But if you're eating out all the time, that's when we really want to be really paying attention to can we cut the dressing in half? How can we reduce that?
0: Awesome. Okay, so we've given you some good tips on substitutions. We've we've encouraged you to get actually what you'd like to eat. We've talked about some macronutrients and really focusing in on that balanced plate. And then also the tip of getting a to-go box when you get your meal or splitting your meal with a friend. So we now like to jump into looking at your budget, both money availability and calorie availability, and see what fits into your daily intake. Yeah, I've had a lot of people tell me going to the grocery store is too
1: expensive. I just eat out. Have you heard that? Yes. Yeah, and so yeah, your one-time purchase is probably less, but you will spend significantly less money cooking at home than you will eating at most restaurants, just because that food is going to last longer. Right. And and I've had a lot of people go on a sort of a financial budget, and end up losing weight because they're eating out less. That's Not awesome. Not that you know weight is the only outcome, but that's something that I've mm-hmm. seen people you know. Find right, and then thinking about your calories as a budget too. Of okay, I get, and and it's going to vary every day. We want you to listen to your hunger and fullness cues, and we're going to talk about that. But you know, if you are trying to control that, and you get two thousand a day, and you get a restaurant meal that has twenty three hundred in it. You know, that we maybe want to do all of the tips that we've suggested so far to kind of reduce that. Right. Another thing that people do is they'll look at the menu ahead of time and go, okay, well, this thing is not going to fit. Or something that I find more so is the sodium. People who maybe have high blood pressure and they have a sodium limit and they see, oh, my gosh, there's two days worth of sodium in this one meal. I better choose something else or cut it in half or whatever.
0: Okay. So let's talk about those freebies that they bring out to us before our meals. Let's give some advice on those. And What comes to mind is tortilla chips and salsa. That's one of my favorites. Oh my gosh. Tell me where a good place is for tortilla chips and salsa and I'm there. And then also the bread. When people bring out the bread. And the bread is so good. I mean, the steakhouses bring out those ooey gooey butter rolls, but you know what? Folks, they're empty calories. And every now and then they can fit, but if you go every week and you have one of those bread baskets and you eat two or three of those rolls, it's going to make an impact on your waistline, but also your calorie budget probably exceeding itself. So something
1: that I do is if, like, bread is delicious, but I'm going to be full by the time my food gets here. Yes. Really I really want to eat that food. I'll just ask them to not bring it. Chips and salsa don't do a lot for me, so mm-hmm. I can just, I can have those on the table, but... Now, if it's a place that has a cheese dip, <laughs> that's another story. I will do I will fill up my chips and cheese dip at those Mexican restaurants. So, I just plan for that and order a smaller meal. Okay. Uh, you know, maybe I'll order off the a la carte and There just you get go. Two tacos or something. If Because I know I'm going to get the cheese dip and chips. That's
0: an excellent tip. So if we estimated, like if you sat down, you ate 30 tortilla chips and some salsa or you dove into the cheese dip, you're looking at close to 350 to 450 calories, maybe even before you started your meal. Yeah, as a meal. That's a meal. So you have to be mindful of that calorie budget going into where you're going to eat. And I really liked Cody's recommendation. She just said she orders the a la carte if she knows she wants to indulge in the chips and the queso. That's an excellent, excellent tip there. So that's being mindful of your calorie budget for that meal, which is what we wanted to jump into next, eating more mindfully. Let's talk about that. That's such a cool piece of eating out. So get what you enjoy
1: and enjoy What does it taste like? What does it smell like? What's the environment like? You know, have some gratitude for it. And be in touch with your hunger and your fullness. And when you start to feel satisfied, you just stop Mm -hmm. and that's easier said than done and so it takes practice if you haven't been eating mindfully so eating out might not be the place to start practicing that because you're maybe with people you're talking you're so practicing eating mindfully in your other eating occasions I think is sometimes a, a place to start but you know really tuning in and when you're satisfied you just stop and part of that is you know what I don't even like the fried potatoes they don't do anything for me I've just been eating them because they were here right or you know what gosh I really love the chips and queso but I don't really like the salsa so I'm not going to eat any chips until my queso gets here okay you know so you might as you start being more mindful you start to realize what do you really like Mm -hmm. and what have you just been eating to eat
0: Okay, Let's talk through another mindful example like that, because I think that's helpful. So what's something else that you would refer back to for a mindfulness experience? So I've had people tell me that travel,
1: you know, clients provide snacks in the afternoon, and they would grab a couple cookies on their way to a meeting because I don't know when I'm going to get to eat again next. And when they started really practicing mindful eating and, like, really tuning in to what does it taste like, what does it feel like in my mouth? Do I like this food? Mm -hmm. You know, am I hungry? They realized they don't even really like that thing. Mm -hmm. They were just eating it because it was there. It was free Mm -hmm. and they didn't know when their next meal was gonna be. So some of it is sort of planning, like, okay, I really I have a long afternoon. I need to make sure that I plan some time to get a snack or I bring something that I do really like that I can take five minutes to eat and really enjoy and, you know, get satisfied.
0: Okay. Perfect. Sounds good. So something else along the line with eating mindfully is to enjoy the people that you're there with. So let's say you haven't seen this friend in a few weeks and you guys need to spend some quality time catching up. That's really important piece of eating mindfully and enjoying that time, quality time together with family or friends. It can be hard to be focused
1: on your hunger and fullness when you're being social. So I think going in knowing, okay, I need to make sure that I check in with myself while I'm enjoying everyone's company is important because you can kind of get swept away and just eat, not pay attention because you're so focused on everyone else. And eating is very social. That's Mm -hmm. part of it. And so we want to enjoy that. But we also want to sort of set the intention that I'm going to enjoy the company and not let the food be the something that I'm just doing with my hands.
0: Okay. You know? Yes. Awesome. And the other thing that I see so much, and I've been paying more attention to this as I go through my day is we're on our phones so much. So when you have an opportunity to go out and eat with a client or eat with a family member, or eat with a friend, put the phone away. Just Put it away. You're going to be there for maybe 30, 45 minutes to an hour. I think it's safe to be off your phone for that amount of time to really enjoy the moment, the food, the people you're with. We're, we're so engaged with technology and, and the phone and, and instant Satisfaction or gratification—that it's—it's sad. Actually, I, I'm, I'm really sad. I even see it when people are walking their dogs in the morning; they're paying attention to their phone as they're going out to walk their dog. <laughs> you know, but it happens everywhere. So I'm, as a dietitian, and I know Cody feels the same too. Is we really would encourage you to put your phone away for that amount of well, time. You
1: just can't eat mindfully when you're distracted by something. And so I, I find that people—and uh, this is kind of dipping into the traveler side. They'll tell me that they work from the time they get up to the time they go to bed and they're eating in front of their computer a lot. Or they can't leave their desks during the day when they're here because, you know, they're they're too busy and so they're just sort of eating. And you just can't be focused on two things at one time. And so if you're sort of calorie counting and you kind of eat your portion— You've eaten your portion, but did you enjoy it? Mm -hmm. Did you? And and then if you're eating out by yourself and you're on your phone or your computer while you're eating, it's really easy to down a basket of chips and not even notice it. Right. So, you know, trying to eat as distraction-free as possible every time you eat, no matter where you are, I think is important.
0: That's a good word, distraction-free. Nice. So, Carrie, kind
1: of, you had a great graphic that you showed me before we started uh, on the hunger and fullness cues. Yes. Talk us
0: through that. Okay. So, with the hunger and fullness cues, you're looking at a scale of one to ten and identifying where you fall on that scale. And one is being extremely hungry, and ten is eating so much that you feel sick. And I'm sure some of us can reflect back on a holiday memory when we overeat, probably at Thanksgiving maybe, or Christmas when all the family was there.
1: And we maybe were a one leading up to that meal because lunch was at two, and so you didn't eat all day to save room, and then you just don't even taste it because you're so ravenous.
0: Right. Right. So if you have a holiday, and this is just a tip, if you have a holiday coming up that you're planning for and you know that the food fair is going to be very large, and it's something we want to enjoy every year, plan for some activities Activity on that day to have some energy balance. There are so many holiday 5Ks, 10Ks around yeah. that you can walk as a family. It's a good physical activity together to do as a family, but that will help balance out those calories. And not saving calories for the meal. I think like eat a
1: balanced breakfast, eat a balanced lunch. Mm-hmm. Kind of try to plan those meal times at meal times so that you aren't having to sort of get too hungry and then sort of have that loss of control around the eating. Right. And getting to the so full you feel sick.
0: And I don't know about you, Cody, but I think... Thanksgiving leftovers taste better the next day than they do some days, right? When they're fixed, it just depends because the flavors and the herbs have marinated a little bit more. And sometimes those eating just a little bit on Thanksgiving or eating a, a fair amount to feel full, and then the next day having enjoyed being able to enjoy leftovers is also a fun thing. So that hunger scale goes from extremely hungry on that's a one, and then you we we want to be in that range of the. Four, five, and six. So, in that neutral range. So, when you start to feel hunger coming on, it's okay to go ahead and eat probably around that time, but we, we definitely don't want to wait until you're just like ravenous or your blood sugar's low. That's that's waiting too long. So my rule of thumb's always been three to four hours at the most between meals.
1: Yeah, you know, I have some people who can go six, and there is some benefit, especially for GI conditions, to have a longer window okay. in between, but the meals have to be the right size to make you be able to go six, but certainly, I mean, I think the research is pretty clear during the day. We don't want to go more than six hours.
0: That's a long time. Mm -hmm. I can't go six hours. No. But, um, you know, I
1: I mean, I can, but I'll be a one or a two. Mm -hmm. And then I cram whatever in my mouth and it's not great. Okay. You know, trying to always plan a snack. You know, if lunch is at 11 and you are going out to dinner at 7, that's eight hours. So planning a snack is okay. I feel like snacking has gotten this bad reputation. Then, oh, I snacked. Oh, it's bad. But, you know, plant a healthy snack with some carbs and some protein. Maybe an apple and peanut butter or some trail mix or
0: hummus and blue corn chips. Yes. Some hummus like that. and veggie sticks. Yeah. To kind of carry you over so that you're not. Hangry. One of my oh. new favorite snacks is applesauce with chia seeds. Oh, it's awesome. So I'll put a tablespoon of chia seeds in a half cup of applesauce, and it's a great combination. Mm. It's very filling, and it's so easy and something that's easy to pack in your churvy. In I'm your sure shirt. they make a pouch for that that you could, like, squirt out for when you're on the road. Yeah.
1: chia. I've seen some chia seed, like, they're for kids, but I've seen a lot of adults
0: use them. Excellent. So that hunger scale is very easy to find online. Also, we have a great Cerner handout that we'd be happy to share at some we'll point put it if you'd in like. Show notes. Okay, so we'll do that.
1: So you know, we've kind of dipped into a few tips for on the road, but now we want to really focus on people who travel. All of my members who travel tell me they they feel like they can do great when they're at home, and then they get on the road, and you know, they don't have a lot of control and and I just want to be very transparent. We do not travel for work. I mean, we've been to some conferences and things, so there have been some trips, but we are not a traveling role. So all of these tips sort of come from what has worked well for others. Something that really has been a game changer for a lot of my members is realizing that work travel is not vacation. So treating it like normal life and kind of scoping out the restaurants and the grocery stores ahead of time. Okay. You know, if I'm going to a new city, what is going to be available to me am I going to have a car? Could I go to the grocery store and get a few things? Something that I do when I have had the few times I've had to travel, I'll take some protein bars and some fruit in my suitcase. So that way I've got breakfast, you know, for the, or a snack if I get stuck in the airport and then I can kind of figure things out from there. But, you know, really looking at, are there some kind of a healthier restaurants available? Is, are, is there a meal delivery service that you could get for that mm-hmm. week? What are, you know, some of your, you, you showed me a picture of, of what you took on the road, and
0: it is far more expensive than what I, whatever, <laughs> Yes, um, you know, pack. So tell us about what you did. So I had an opportunity to travel to a nutrition conference in 2018, and when I got to my destination, I walked the mile over to Target, and then loaded up on water and my my snack food or even like protein snack bars and fruit and some hummus and a bag of baby carrots. So I got my water, my veggies, my fruit and then my dried fruit. And I had that, and you're probably thinking, "Well, did I walk back with all that?" No. But I also took in some some teas and then I, you know, I've got my creamer, like almond milk creamer for my coffee. So there's a lot of things that you can get and bring back to your room if you have that refrigerator there, and and I also did some nuts too. So thinking ahead and having a plan and then making a list even to go and get a couple things on your snack list, and it really helped out. So then I just called an Uber and paid $5 for an Uber to take my groceries and my three gallons of water back to my hotel room. It was great, but I was going to be there for seven days, and so I knew that I needed to have some things in my room that would help hold me over between meals and keep me on a healthy track.
1: I've had a few teams, uh, people that are on different teams that travel to the same place every week or they'll go on longer trips where they're there for maybe 10 days or two weeks mm-hmm. and they will leave an Instant Pot there or a Crock-Pot or something and then they'll all go to the store and cook together. Maybe they'll make uh, some chicken and vegetables and the Instant Pot and microwave some rice or mm-hmm. so, you know, they'll kind of make meals together and that seems to really work. Or I've had people who do maybe they travel by themselves and they travel to the same couple places and they have an office at their site and they'll leave a blender to make smoothies and a hot plate and, you know, some things to help them
0: cook in their room if they're not staying somewhere that has a kitchen. Right. So more and more grocery stores are doing a lot of prep things of veggies and fruits. Mm -hmm. So I encourage my associates when they're traveling is to get to that deli or that grocery store and you can get some things, just small amounts of veggies and fruits off the salad bar and they'll last for a couple, three days in your refrigerator back in your room. You could also get that mini small plate of of chopped up veggies like the snack tray that they have and those will normally fit in your refrigerator. If not, Ziploc bags are are awesome and you can travel with some of those Ziploc bags and just transfer from that plate of veggies or fruit plate into the Ziploc bags and then you can go ahead and that'll help with portion control. But then you've got your fruits and veggies in your room ready to go for the week and there's no excuses to to not... Eat healthy. Now, some people who travel
1: on teams have told me while well, the team goes out to dinner together, or we're taking out clients, and or clients are taking them out, and it's well, I will have to get what everyone else is getting, and I would be scared to order something healthy. Probably, no one is judging you. Everyone's afraid of that, but. It wouldn't cross my mind to judge someone for ordering a salad or, you know, getting a side salad or the steamed veggie on the side of whatever they are getting. So, you know, kind of really uh, reality checking some of those fears, I think, can help, too, when you're – all the substitution tips that we've talked about for when you're eating at home apply on the road, too, Mm -hmm. because sometimes, you know, they've got – a team breakfast and then the client caters lunch and so packing some of those things you got at the grocery store can help fill in at those lunches because sometimes from what I've gathered it's like pizza or sub sandwiches and Mm -hmm. cookies and there's not a fruit or vegetable so I think bringing some things there so that you can balance it and then you know doing some substitutions you know if you've got a client dinner at night you know can really help but then also listening to those hunger and fullness cues
0: right if everyone goes out for wings Get some wings, but stop when you're satisfied. Right. So recently I've had some associates, Cody, who have traveled to more rural settings for hospitals, yes, I heard and, that they, too. and they're and they sharing that it is difficult to eat more healthy. So they'll do mm-hmm. the continental breakfast in the morning, and most continental breakfasts in those hotels are decent. You can get your eggs and your protein. You can yeah. do some oatmeal, fresh fruit, fruit yeah. and there's usually yogurts, and sometimes grabbing a few pieces of those extra fruit off that continental breakfast, that's a good idea for later in the day yeah. and then having some nuts with those that would be great if there's a grocery store or a small Walmart close by you can zip in there maybe after your days end and then grab a few extra things too but avoiding the fast food, I know that's hard to do. But having a plan in place for the healthier options yeah. at those he- fast food options is good. I think that good. plate model is key when you're ha- in that
1: situation of the only restaurant in this town is a McDonald's. McDonald's has a side salad, and they have apple slices, and they have fruit parfaits, and you know you can get a sandwich and a side salad mm-hmm. and apple slices. And you don't have to get a Coke. You could get an iced tea. Yes. You know, you can balance things the best that you can given the situation. There's always a way to kind of go about it. It's just the intention of the week and and the priority, I think.
0: And having a plan in place. Yeah. Yeah, if we prep and we plan and we go in with a game plan, you're going to succeed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've had a couple people who make their own food and take it, but... That's hard. That is hard. It's hard. I I can honestly say I wouldn't do that, but I have a few who do, and it works great for them. So if that's something that you are willing to do Mm -hmm. and you have the space in your room to do, I mean, that's wonderful. Right. I've had quite a few do meal delivery services too. They'll just order, like, find one that will let you do, like, a one-week order, and they'll order all their lunches or all their dinners or maybe all meals and just have it delivered to the hotel, and then they just request a larger refrigerator.
0: And that's a really good idea. Mm-hmm.
1: I've had a, a, now, in your smaller towns, that's sometimes not available. Mm-hmm. So... But most grocery stores, even in small towns, are going to have a rotisserie chicken and some bag salad kits that you could pick up, you know, for lunches or something.
0: Okay. So let's reflect back on some some foods that you can take with you again. So just to reiterate and repeat some tips that Cody and I gave you. So some things that are good for your hotel room would be, like, dried fruit and nuts. You can get some good snack bars, just paying attention to that nutrition label. And we're going to dive into the nutrition label here in a little bit. So the hummus and blue corn chips would be good. Breakfast bars. Bars that have a little bit more protein in them would be good. Yep. Like really looking at
1: the ingredient list on those and making sure there's not a ton of added sugar, mm-hmm. that there's some protein mm-hmm. and some healthy fat. If it's just a chewy, you know, granola bar that has chocolate chips in it, not ideal. It's not gonna care, you're gonna be hungry in a yes. couple of hours. And so, you know, really finding one that has some protein and some fiber and a little healthy fat I think is yes. um key. Okay, thinking about that plate, balancing out that meal. So So just a carb-laden granola bar is not a balanced meal. So thinking about what can you pair with it? I think it's right. really key.
0: That's good. And those little peanut butter packets, those travel packets are oh, awesome. Yes, so those are. That's helpful, and they travel well.
1: Yeah, and there's travel hummus, too. They kind of look like those popsicles from when we were kids that okay. were in the cardboard yes. sort of triangle yeah. thing. But there, it's hummus, okay. and it's shelf-stable, and you can travel with that. And that brand also has some little travel packs of, like, hummus and Bulgarian crackers. So it's, like, a little bit more
0: balanced. And if you want to work on your omega 3, Those salmon packets and tuna packets travel well, too. Those are awesome. And they have
1: kits. I mean, they come with, like, a...
0: Cracker and mayonnaise. Yeah,
1: but, you know, I couldn't just eat a tuna packet by itself. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, those little kits I think are, you know, a great option when you're Mm -hmm. traveling. Okay. So, Carrie, there's a new food label out, or it's coming out. Some products already have it. I think 2020 is sort of the everyone has to that has added sugar on it. When you are looking at a food label, what are you looking for?
0: I am big on looking at the amount of fiber that's in that food product. And so the fiber content's going to be found under the carbohydrates. With this new food label, though, sugar is going to be identified. Added sugar will be identified on this new nutrition label. And this was a big push by the American Diabetes Association, and it got approved by the FDA to be added to all nutrition facts labels to have the amount of added sugar on the product. So you'll start to see under carbohydrates, grams of added sugar is going to be added on there and identified so you can clearly see, well, how much added sugar am I taking in from eating this food? And the recommendation from the American Heart Association is no more than 36 grams of added sugar per day for men and no more than 24 grams of added sugar per day for women. So if you think about that and bring that into perspective, a can of soda, a 12-ounce can of soda, folks, has 44 grams of sugar. So if you're taking in a 12-ounce can of soda, you've really already over-consumed your sugar intake for the day. So being mindful of that is going to be really helpful in your calories that you're taking into. So paying attention to that Nutrition Facts label is, is very helpful in eating more healthfully.
1: Thinking about the micronutrients that are in things. So food is more than just carbs, fat, and protein. It's vitamins and minerals and phytochemicals. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, something that has 44 grams of added sugar and that's it, it's just— It might taste good, but it's not doing anything for you. Exactly. So if that's your treat, we can find a way to make that fit, maybe an 8-ounce can or Mm -hmm. something. But if I'm going to get my 24 grams of sugar, I want a cookie or something with frosting on it. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to drink it, but some people would, would do. And so I think that you have to kind of find what fits in your parameters. Yes. Something that I look at when I'm looking at a food label is the ingredients. Okay. So if there is something in a food that I don't recognize as an ingredient I could have in my kitchen, I don't really want to eat it. Now, some of that stuff tastes good. I mean, you know, you get some junk food from when you were kids, it sort of has this nostalgic taste, and it's full of chemicals. You know, as a general rule of thumb, if I don't recognize it as a food, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick it. Okay. Most of the time. Now, treat foods maybe, but you know, kind of I'm a big fan of the 80-20 rule. So 80% of what I eat, I want to be really nutrient-dense, whole foods, and 20% can be something. Less than stellar and that's okay. But so that's so I look at the fiber too and I look at the protein and but the ingredients are really
0: what I'm looking at. Awesome. Back to the fiber part of that carbohydrate piece on the nutrition facts label. So if you've got something with you at your desk right now or in your office setting or in your room, go ahead and pick up that nutrition label and take a look and see if you can follow along with what Cody and I are talking about. Because this nutrition label is a really helpful education piece that we really want you to grasp and understand. And if you have questions too, we encourage you to reach out to us. We'd be happy to help. But also there are dietitians in grocery stores now too that can help you read the label yes, too. Yes, that's
1: a great resource. And it's not just in Kansas City. Nationwide, it's a big push. A lot of stores have them in If you have a question in the aisles, most of the time they'll answer it for free and they do free store tours. And so, you know, if you are traveling to the same place all the time, you might schedule a tour with that dietitian and have them show you some healthy quick options that you can get while you're there.
0: Okay. So a statistic that I ran across a couple of weeks ago Cody on fiber was very alarming and eye-opening to me and I wanted to share that with everyone so that we're paying more attention to what we're eating on a daily basis and trying to do a better job with fiber. And When I bring that forward, it's because fiber is a very important nutrition component of your food to ensure you're getting enough of every day. The average American consumes 15 grams or less of fiber a day. What we need is 50 to 100 grams of fiber a day, and that might seem like a lot, but when you look at studies that have done on the diets of traditional countries that haven't been institutionalized and governized like the United States has with our food system, they consume so much more fresh produce and foods that are not processed than we do now in the Western United in the United States of America we have a sad diet so what I encourage you to, to really work towards I mean the minimum for fiber per day is 38 grams a day for men and then about 24 25. to 26 for for women now if you look at your diet and you're not there I always encourage my folks to not start out that much let's look and see where you are and then gradually build that up because you can't just start out with the recommended daily amount of fiber if you're only eating half of that. You're going to have some significant GI distress. So as we work through that, fiber is a key piece for health. What we see with fiber intake and when you get enough fiber intake is your blood sugars start to go down, your cholesterol and your lipid panel improves, your satiation with meals improves so you feel more full. There's another component with the fiber though that we we really want to encourage you to make sure you're mindful of is your water consumption because water helps your fiber digest through your digestive tract, And so you want to make sure you're adequately hydrated when you start to increase your fiber intake. And if you
1: increase your fiber and you don't get enough water, you're going to be constipated and it will be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, increase the, f- the fluid with the fiber.
0: Mm-hmm. You're going to feel more full and definitely have more success with getting your health goals in align line by looking at dietary fiber and there are some nutrition apps that do help identify the grams of fiber that you're eating when you log your food, so take yeah. advantage of those.
1: Yeah, if you're using a—like, if you are logging—and I don't I don't think anyone should have to log forever. A hundred years ago, no one knew what a calorie was, and our obesity rates were much lower, but mm. if you are tracking— It is a good tool, and if the one that you're using doesn't tell you fiber, it might be worth switching to one that does. I mean, I think we should point out some fiber-rich foods. Sure. So things like whole grains and nuts and beans and fruits and vegetables all provide you with fiber. The chia seeds you mentioned are high fiber, and that's an easy thing to travel with to just throw on your salad or in your applesauce or whatever. They have little tubes of them that are, you know, a single serving. So that's an easy way to— add some
0: and we'd we'd classify fiber-rich foods as complex carbohydrates. So your complex carbohydrates have fiber. That's all your fruits, vegetables, which should be half your plate on your on your plate method when you're looking at a balanced nutrition plan. And then, like Cody said, whole grains and beans, great sources of fiber. Your simple carbohydrates refer back to those added sugars that we were talking about. So and juices are simple sugars and simple carbs and flour. So foods that don't have much fiber, those are simple. We want our diet to have more complex carbohydrates. That's going to be very good for health and longevity.
1: Yeah, there's always oatmeal usually on a continental breakfast. So that's a nice way to bring in some fiber. I mean, usually some nuts too. Peanut butter, certain oatmeal is really good. And that gets you some protein too and a little fiber. So I often find people tell me, oh, I'm a stress eater. And when I'm on the road, I'm super stressed because I'm just, you know, 10 or 12 hours a day of work, so that's when I tend to overeat. And I find that people aren't implementing always some stress management strategies when they're on the road. And when they do, it kind of can make all the difference. So what are some things that you hear that people do for stress management when they're traveling?
0: Taking that quiet time when they have a hotel room to themselves and really using that 5, 10 minutes at night or in the morning to have some self-care time. What I did when I went on my trip for my nutrition conference is I stopped at TJ Maxx because there just happened to be one by and I got some bath salts and most nights I relaxed in the bathtub in my hotel room. It was absolutely wonderful. So those self-care time, is that's really important because you don't have distractions of, of other roommates, of other family or anything around and just... Taking advantage of that is a really good benefit.
1: Yeah, I found that just getting outside in the evening, I had a little break between the dinner time and the evening mm-hmm. session. I would go outside and just even just lap the hotel to get some sunshine and a little movement. Or if I had a little time over lunch yes. or you know, whenever I could fit in, just a short walk outside, that would really help lower my stress. And I find that a lot of members tell me, if I can just get outside, I'll feel so much better. Or if I can just take, you know, five or ten minutes to meditate or you're the first person that I've heard to do the bath, but that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. Or if I can just take 20 minutes to just be quiet Mm -hmm. or, you know, to kind of taking that time, I think it is important.
0: Right. And so there's lots of apps that you can use. The Calm app, the Insight Timer app is one, Breathe, and then Headspace. So there's a few apps that you can do just to take that two to five minutes to have self-care time is very important for stress management. It, It definitely will, we know, helps your blood pressure come down. We've Done some little. We've had some health coaches in the clinic do some experiments with members who they'll take their blood pressure and then have them deep breathe a couple breaths and then take their blood pressure within two minutes later and it drops about five to ten millimeters over that time period just from just like just couple deep deep breaths. It's awesome. So I mean, I think
1: that the to kind of wrap it up, a huge key on the road is eating mindfully. So even if you're in a situation where you don't have control over what the food is. If you're eating mindfully, you're going to stop when you're satisfied. And maybe it's not the most nutrient dense meal, but you're not going to overeat it. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to get things that you don't really want to eat. Mm-hmm because you're eating mindfully. You know, you're not going to you're gonna eat more of the thing that you do like. And if, you know, you can follow some of these tips and you can sneak a banana in with your, you know, to the catered lunch or whatever so that you can kind of balance it out a little bit, you know, that that helps too. But I think just that eating mindfully. I have so many people that come and say, oh, I was so bad. I'm like, well, did you steal the food? Did right. you hurt someone? Like, you weren't bad. And it's, oh, I just, I, you know, I ate things that I shouldn't have eaten. And I'll say, well, did you overeat? No, I did. I feel like I did good with that. I didn't overeat. And lo and behold, their blood sugar stayed stable or the yes. scale stayed stable. And so, you know, even if it's, I think, not letting it perfect be the enemy of good mm-hmm. is a, a good rule of thumb, too. That's a good
0: one. Yes. And then my my takeaway tip from eating on the road and is knowing where you're going and just kind of yeah. scoping out where you can possibly pick up some healthy things when you get there but also knowing the restaurants that are around so that you can make a healthier choice when you're there and have a plan in place
1: yeah planning is really i think the the key
0: Awesome. Well, we hope you enjoyed our podcast for today on navigating eating out and tips for the associates that are traveling for Cerner. We appreciate all the work that you do. And Cody and I, we are located, Cody's at World Headquarters, and I'm out at Continuous Campus. And then our other lovely dietitian, Diana Dillon, she's at Realization and innovations. So you can see Carrie, Diana, or myself if you are in Kansas or Missouri.
1: If you're outside of Kansas City, there is the Anuva Clinic out at Malvern, or there's dietitians in your area. We mentioned grocery stores are a good place to Mm -hmm. find one. A lot of doctor's offices now have
0: them, so there's options if you need help. Great, thank you. So if you'd like some assistance with your nutrition, we would be happy to work with you.